And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the Skype line with us today is Pastor Bill Shishko. And Bill, it is an honor to have you on with us today. Oh, Dan, I'm thrilled. I'm a great lover of Redeemer Broadcasting, the church that I pastor, the Haven at Comac. We're fans of Redeemer Broadcasting, so it's my honor entirely. (laughs) I remember when we were entertaining the idea of starting Redeemer Broadcasting, you were one of the key individuals that gave us great encouragement, and I'll never forget that, and I praise God for it. Now, Pastor Bill... You've been involved in church planting, and right now you are working your head off (laughs) at a church plant, Um, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit. But the overriding question is, we live in trying times. Uh, There's a lot of paganism around, actually. Um, Why do church planting today in our environment? Have you ever been asked that question? Oh, well, I've asked it of myself several times, (laughs) and uh, I think the fact that Long Island, New York, we're in Suffolk County and Comax in the western corner, northwestern corner of Suffolk County, I think the fact that uh, church planting just isn't being done out here uh, speaks loudly to what you're saying. People are either afraid of coming here, it is expensive to live here, um, Island, and it's very, very challenging. This is really a mission field. Uh, so, yeah, the question's been asked, and I wrestle with it regularly. But, um, Dan, it's, it's interesting. I, I look back on now over 40 years of ministry. I was ordained in 1979. Wow. Mm. And I was in a church plant in South Carolina, a very different area than Long Island. Came to Long Island in 1981, where I pastored the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Franklin Square for 35 years and three months and some days. (laughs) And in that time, uh, we were able to do church plants up in Mount Vernon, New York, uh, to do a Spanish-speaking work that eventually folded into the work in Franklin Square, Um, a church plant in Bohemia, which is in Suffolk County, church plant in Queens, and a church plant in Syosset. And uh, so I really, I was really overseeing those more than directly involved in it. But never would I have believed that in a time that's usually retirement time for people, I'd be involved in in a church plant myself, uh, let let alone in in challenging Long Island. And and in answer to your question, this is the reason why, Dan, I I give this background. You, You have to have a profound conviction of what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And and, and I don't, ministers may have that conviction, but I think there's a lot that throws water on it, and it shouldn't. Paul is facing the bastion of paganism in Mm. his The Roman Empire, the city of Rome, that was the beast in the book of Revelation. And he faces this city, and he says right at the beginning, Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Sadly, too many people are today, but Paul wasn't. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, the word is dunamis, it is the dynamite of God for salvation to everyone who believes, 
to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God, that's God's own righteousness in Christ, is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And Paul knew that gospel was more powerful than the Roman Empire, than the city of Rome, and the beast of the book of Revelation. And Dan, not only because the word of God teaches it, but because I've seen it, I'm more excited than ever about the work of church planting. <laughs> well, I'm very encouraged by it myself. Uh, you know, before we open the mic, um, you were mentioning how you're... You've got so many things to do, you don't know how to get it even caught up on your emails until the end of the year almost. It's just, you're, it's like you're drinking from a fire hose right now, and, yeah. and, and, and folks are, are calling out. There's needs, there's pastoral uh, counseling, there's the, your preaching load, um, preparing sermons, and your radio work with me, and there's just a lot, a lot of stuff. Now, tell us a little bit more, if you would, Bill. Um, about this church plant, this most recent church plant that God has used you in. Yeah. Oh, it's a thrilling story, Dan. After I, I was called by our presbytery, the Presbytery of Connecticut and Southern New York of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, I was called to be what's called a regional home missionary. That work began in September of 2016, and with the agreement of the congregation in Franklin Square, I stepped down from being pastor there, and for about two and a half years, uh, was involved in what's called revitalization uh, with our own Orthodox Presbyterian churches and some others. Um, and then it was in 2018 that our Presbytery Missions Committee and our both of our general secretaries of, of home missions met with me for, for a, a meeting. They were to do a required oversight meeting of the work. And in the context of that, said they really would like me to do a church plant. And they realized, Dan, and I realized that I, I'm a pastor. I, I love shepherding God's people. Mm. And uh, they thought that they, – they, and they could see that the uh, the regional home missionary thing was, was not – it was, wasn't really a square peg in a round hole. But I, but I was inclining toward being a pastor. Anyway, that rest of that year, 2018, I, uh, by God's grace – gathered about 35 people, I'm trying to think, maybe eight families, nine families, uh, that were interested in seeing a church in Suffolk County in the western part of the westernmost county of Long Island, Suffolk County. We began as a, as a, as a Bible study, as a time for singing and prayer from January 2019, right through April of 2019, when the Lord opened up uh, a, a Lutheran church in Deer Park for us to meet for worship. And and that was a wonderful location. Time was not good. It was 4.30 p.m. But it got us established with, with our worship um, and, and, and particularly the singing, which is marked people. We sing from the, the wonderful Trinity Psalter hymnals. So we do sing psalms and hymns. We use contemporary hymns as well that are, that are, uh, that are, that are God-centered. And, and so the, the, we, we say music, music, message, and mission. Those are the, are the big things, preaching of the gospel and lots of emphasis on mission work. Then, 
March of 2020 came, uh, the pandemic, and for some months we had to do home worship. And during that time, uh, a lot of churches closed up over that year. There was a lockdown. But but God wonderfully worked, and it's a story in itself. We made an appeal to the magistrate here in New York. We We did in many other pastors. We were able to begin meeting outside, and the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia graciously let us use their yard and then their building, where we met from uh, beginning outside June of, of 2020, uh, right right through um, late August of, or August of, of, of 2022 uh, during the, the pandemic time. But that that was. That was a challenging time for us because it wasn't where we wanted to be, and it was uh, because we wanted to be in, in the Deer Park area. We wanted to be more in western Suffolk County, mm-hmm. looking at Deer Park. We looked at facilities. God God closed the doors to all kinds of facilities, and we're so thankful now that he did. And then, and, and this is where blessings began that are just really remarkable, um, and you can tell me to be quiet when you want me to stop, but because it kind of gushes. But October of two thousand, actually, it was I believe it was it was um, August or September of two thousand and twenty-one. A man who had been attending the Haven later became a member of the Haven had mentioned that his previous church probably looked like it was going to close, and he wondered if we might be interested in their building. And this fellow has a fascinating testimony. He, When he was back in the 1980s and he was homeless, he lived in a pipe on that property, property of what was then called Cleft of the Rock Bible Chapel, 16 Oak Lawn Drive, Comac, New York. He was converted when people from the church presented the gospel to him, but he strayed, came back, and by then had come to the Reformed faith. Anyway, he came to the Haven and said, you think that you might be interested in that facility. <laughs> and and I think, Dan, by that time, frankly, I was so tired of looking at facilities every week that I, I wasn't particularly interested. Oh, God, help my unbelief. Make a long story short, the <laughs> elders, former elder, elders of the former Cleft of the Rock Bible Chapel were interested in selling their building. Our three officers met with their three officers and a couple of other men that attended that meeting. That was really about it for the for the Cleft of the Rock Bible Chapel. We had a three-and-a-half-hour meeting in October, and we were pinching ourselves, as our officers were. We said, wow, sounds like we're dealing with Orthodox Presbyterians. And I think they were pinching themselves, saying, sounds like we're dealing with brethren, because we had <laughs> the Lord's Supper every week. We put an emphasis on missions, and they had all to varying degrees, come to the Reformed faith. So it was really fascinating to have that meeting. They were going to give us give us this church building on nearly two, uh, nearly two acres of land on one of the most uh, heavily traveled highways in that part of northwest Suffolk County, Veterans Highway. But we had said, well, you've got missionaries, and why don't you consider how much longer you want to support them and what that would cost. Let us know what that amount is. If it's reasonable, we'll, we'll agree. And you can put the money in a trust and keep your supporting your missionaries. A week and a half later, uh, the head elder there, who's now attending the Haven, uh, gave me a, a phone call and said, um, Bill, 
we talked about it, and he said, uh, how does $425,000 sound? Well, I wanted to shout hallelujah like a Pentecostal, but, but Orthodox <laughs> Presbyterians aren't supposed to do that. So I said very politely, oh, that sounds great. <laughs> and that's how the purchase price, amazing purchase price for a facility which actually had been a military chapel that was transported to that site in the 1950s. Wow. And prime piece of real estate. In fact, I, I know of very few, if any, Orthodox Presbyterian churches that are more that are more well located for visibility. So uh, that that was wonderful. And then, in God's amazing providence, one of our Haven members is a contractor, and he took the capital improvements uh, under his wing. That was after the loan committee of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, after we went through all the hoops we needed for it, uh, granted us a $500,000 loan for the purchase of the facility and for the capital improvements to make up the difference. We had a good, good amount of reserves, but, but hardly enough for all of that. So we had the funds for the purchase of the building, the funds for the capital improvements, and a general contractor, Dan, who just babied that project and used the best of his workmen from April, mostly on Saturdays, on April right, right through, <laughs> right through September 10th, oh. the day before our inaugural service. And Dan, the only way you could describe it was it, it was a it, it was a regeneration of the whole building. Uh, our our lands now are he's the building and grounds superintendent is that fellow who lived in the pipe and was converted. That's that. amazing. It really is. And he has babied that property. <laughs> and uh, so you just see all of the fingerprints of, of God's servants there. Um, so that, so anyway, that's just some of the background. And then we had our inaugural service on September 11th. It was interesting. We Our officers debated, should we have an inaugural service on such a sobering day, Yes, especially in metropolitan New York? And they all said, what greater day to preach on the great haven who is Jesus than on September 11th? Amen. The text for the haven is Psalm 10730, after that powerful passage about the Lord uh, the, the Lord's people being in, in the waves and the seas and seeing the great works of God, he delivers them to their desired haven and causes the waters to be quiet. And, and, and we love that. We love the name, the haven, and now the haven at Comac. And that's what we want. Anyway, that inaugural service, Dan, was uh, we pray. Jesus says in 11, Luke 11 and verse 13, we are to pray for the Holy Spirit. Will not the Father... How much more will not the, your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And we must be doing that in our churches. That, that's that's not special to charismatic churches. That's that's, that's what right. to do. And we pray for the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we expect it. In that inaugural service, Dan, we can fit. 80 people in the sanctuary. Those chairs were all, it's another great blessing. And I'm saying this, I am, you know, I am overflowing. My cup overflows. I want those who are listening, who are in church plants or doing church planting, I want them to be encouraged at what the Lord does when you pray and ask. 
Uh, we needed to replace some old pews in that facility with good chairs. And we needed a hundred of them, 80 for the sanctuary and 20 for other areas around. And we put out an appeal, uh, buy a, a chair or two or three or four or more. They were $70 each. Yeah. And um, we had a family in the Haven that said, hey, if you sell 50, we'll match and we'll, we'll, we'll pay for the other 50. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I said to the family, well, what if we sell 100? Then they said, well, then the Haven gets a gift for $3,500 So the building fund. <laughs> and then we had people who purchased, one family, a couple, purchased 20 chairs. And I don't know how many people we had that, that purchased, sometimes one, sometimes two, sometimes more. But we sold all 100 chairs, got the $3,500 uh, building fund uh, gift, and we said, you pray that these chairs be filled with worshipers. Amen. And Sunday, August 11th, the official count was 65. I really think it was a bit higher than that because almost every chair was full. Uh, we just, just today, I sent out 20 letters to visiting individuals or families, many of whom, some of whom live in the Comac area. We're praying they'll come back. But we could sense and the singing and and the responses, the corporate responses of the people in worship. And liberty for me in preaching, I preached on September 11th and and your desired haven and the the Lord's Supper. You know, wow is not a word in the Bible, but but we use it an awful lot because we really see God's blessing. And, and, and it's not because we believe these things, but God has promised He's going to build his church. Amen. And the gospel is God's power unto salvation to all those who believe. And we believe that and we live out of that. And and at the very beginning of life in our new home, and then I will shut up and you can ask me another question. <laughs> so good at asking. We're just beginning to see that. And we pray it continue and increase. Well, one thing I noticed um, a little while ago in the discussion uh, when – your presbytery asked you to do a church plant. It was the whole thing is a feeling of being very intentional yeah. about about the work, about the work of the gospel. It's not just like winging it and ah, let's see what happens. No, it's it's actually planning and and it's planning to the glory of God, not knowing exactly where it's going to go. Yeah. But by prayer and hard work and looking to God. He really wants to bless his people. Um, and, and another thing I, I've noticed is that um, you mentioned the Lord's Supper and how important it is. Uh, can you explain uh, to the folks why is the Lord's Supper so important to Protestants? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Back on let me, let me, your, your first point, Dan, I, I, I just got to build on that for a moment. Um, I, I'm not an independent in fact, frankly, I don't believe biblically how you can be independent. People say they're independent, and I ask them what they're independent of. Um, we are connected. We we are parts of churches, and churches are, are parts of other churches. And so I take really seriously everything from ordination, calling, and, and, and yes. calling to service, that I'm in submission to my brethren. And so that's why we pursued, and I think it's one of the reasons the Lord is blessed is yes. the works to his church. So I, I've got to put that in. And uh, it's, not, it's not first because I'm a Presbyterian, 
but it's because the the, the Bible speaks in terms of connectedness. You yes. see that, especially in Acts chapter fifteen. Um, the Lord's Supper. Well, sometime Dan, we can do a plain answer just on that. Acts chapter two and verse forty-two. The, the these are the means of grace. The the disciples were devoted to the apostles' doctrine, to the breaking of bread, to the to the fellow to the fellowship and the prayers, and and the breaking of bread. And I know there's some difference about this, but the breaking of the bread does include the Lord's supper with right. it. We had a had a meal with it as well, and Paul. Paul says, when you come together as a church, and he and he speaks of the Lord's Supper in, in that in the passage in 1 Corinthians. And and Dan, I cannot get away from the fact that when the Lord's people met, they had the Lord's Supper in worship. And and I, I'm not faulting anyone for years in Franklin Square. We first we had the Lord's Supper, I think, quarterly, and then very quickly it became monthly, and then very quickly it became well, not very quickly, but but we wasn't mm. too long before it became weekly, and because I, I just think well, that biblical data I think is pretty compelling. Uh, now people will say, well, yeah, but but you're going to lose the specialness of the Lord's Supper. <laughs> Yeah, and I respond in two ways. Yes. I say, well, well, in, 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 do, you, do you lose the specialness of preaching because it's it, you have it every week? And, of course, the answer is no. Now, if you just go through a routine with the Lord's Supper, I can see where maybe maybe people would get tired. Sure. You don't do that. But the other is this, and this gets to your question. Uh, the, the, the Lord's Supper, Dan, it, that's the closest physically that we get to Christ. Mm. He's not in the elements. He didn't, certainly the elements don't become the body and blood of Christ. But by the Holy Spirit, he is present. And I don't understand it, but he, he we're feasting on his body and, and feasting on his blood. There is a physical contact with the signs and the seals, as we call it, of the body and the blood of Christ. Mm-hmm. There is no place this side of glory that we become more closely connected with Christ. And, yes. and I say, this is the time he kisses you with the kisses of his mouth. And Amen. I'll say something like this. How do you think my marriage would be if I just kissed Margaret or she just kissed me once a month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get the point. So, I again, I'm passionate about this, Dan. And as it worked out, our brothers and, and sisters from the previous church at 16 Oaklawn Drive in Comac, the, it was a brethren church, they had the Lord's Supper every week, and they saw their whole worship service as leading up to it because right. they're feasting on Christ, and I, I don't know any better way to put it. So, And, and, our, our, our t- and now a minister has got to take time to think through what we call a table address, or it'll become form, formalistic. That's yeah. not good. Um, a minister needs, you've got to warn people when you encourage people. But we've got to get over the idea that the Lord's Supper is some kind of a personal melodrama where you just focus on yourself, hopefully with enough introspection, that you think you're worthy enough to partake of the Lord's Supper. That's an abominable way to look yes. at it. You examine yourself to be sure you take seriously the fact that this is a sacramental remembrance of Christ's death on the cross. 
but it's a time of rejoicing in the work of Christ. It is a communion in the body of Christ. And and, and getting back to our um, inaugural service on uh, September 11th, 2022, there, I wish if I'd recorded it, it wouldn't have caught it. But the, the the Lord's Supper address, it was a reminder. The Lord's Supper is only for those who have professed faith in Christ and mm-hmm. are members of a visible church and are walking in godliness. It was a call to examination that we that we don't take the supper lightly. But it was a time of celebration. Christ, among other things, is giving us a foretaste of the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. And we rejoice in that, and we commune. And it was, it was for me, Dan, very moving to hear the people, our heads of households, come forward, take enough of the elements for their members of their families who are, are, are believers in Christ and have professed their faith in Christ and are what we call a communicant member of the church. But it was wonderful to hear the people fellowshipping together as well and just reveling in the work of Christ for them. So I think if we caught more of those dynamics uh, maybe people would be saying, "Wow, we need, we must have the Lord's Supper every week." Oh, these are great comments, and it also um, we're we're out of time already. So this is just a perfect length today. We've been talking with Pastor Bill Shishko, and he's a dear friend of the ministry. And uh, we've been talking about why would you want to do church planning today in our somewhat pagan environment and all the cancel culture and all of that, and it's a very positive answer. And uh, dear listener, I hope you've caught a a vision, a a glimpse of the great things that God is doing. Amen. Uh, In in spite of uh, pushback from culture, um, God God is advancing his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail when when the power of God is in it. So, Pastor Bill, if somebody wants to reach out to you, uh, is there a, an address, an email address, sure. or anything like that? Oh, they can reach me. It'll take a while maybe to get to a response. It may take it. until next year, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> capital, it's W, capital W, and then my last name, S-H-I-S-H-K-O-W, Shishko, at gmail.com i think people know that and then our um the, the haven the haven li is our website www.thehavenli.com and i'd love to have people look at our website and love to have you worship with us 10 o'clock in the morning on sundays 16 oak lawn drive comac new york oh that's perfect and pastor bill thank you for joining us my honor Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.